Hey guys, welcome to the Home Improv. I'm Casey Grant. I have my wonderful co-host with me, Julia Gray. Hi everyone. Episode two, we talk all things real estate, which is Julia's expertise. Yeah. Well, not all things real estate, some other stuff, but we think you're going to enjoy either way. Yeah, a few laughs here and there. Let's get to it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, maybe I should bring Mark to get a little less feeling if we're going to be there for yeah. quite some time. Moscow Mules or something. All right, so episode two, episode set the ground two. running. This is your expertise, your area. If you caught the first intro episode, Julia's in real estate. She's a real estate agent. Yep. Uh, and that's what we decided to tackle first. So Yeah, let's talk real estate, bitches. Top. <laughs> uh, so we had a real estate agent before we had you. And I think one of the things, there was two things that kind of held him back. Unfortunately, he really didn't know the area. He was from a different area. And I think that kind of hindered, I guess, the search. Right. And then the other thing was we gave him the list and he seemed to be missing things off the list. Like fenced in backyard, location, that sort of thing, right. which to me is a huge deal. So that's my question to you is top five, if you're first time home buyer, top five things you should look for in a real estate agent. You know, if you're a first time home buyer or any kind of home buyer, I think it's really important to interview quite a few agents because you do, this is probably the largest investment you'll ever make. Uh, and so you need to feel comfortable 100%. So when you're picking an agent, you want to have someone that kind of meshes with your personality. Um, me personally, I'm, I'm pretty laid back. So if I had like a super aggressive agent, I wouldn't like them. Although I can be pretty aggressive for my clients. Me personally, from a buyer side, I wouldn't want to do that. Right. But you need someone who, when you're sitting there talking to them, they're listening to what you say. And they're, you can tell they're listening to you. They're making notes. They're asking a million questions. And they're just going to lead you down the path. They're going to lead you into that conversation of lender, what to expect, the steps and everything of that sort. But I also think it's important to have um, an agent who's got the tools um, behind them, whether it's a good mortgage lender, whether it's a great app to help you find homes. Um, every agent wants to say they have this white glove service that, you know, they're five-star concierge service. And you really want to make sure that they actually do. And right. they're proud to display that. Top five things I would say, technology, personality, and the way they communicate with you. That's huge. That's huge. Because I, I, I felt like too, when we went through the home buying process, it was almost like they just wanted to sell us something. I, for me personally, I don't want to just sell you something. It's really important that the home that we find you is what we can find as the perfect home. Because typically the perfect home doesn't exist. There are some things on checklists that may not be able to get. Do you have any stories of, because everybody's got a list, right? Whether it's a mental list, a written list right. of what you want in a house. Like we wanted a fenced in backyard. We preferred a corner lot, which we got. But, it you know, because there's things on your list you're willing to say, okay, I definitely got to have these. We got two dogs. Like the the, the fenced-in yeah. um, backyard was non-negotiable. But have you ever had a list or, A, was it something random on that list? And you're like, what? Or, B, you got to have those clients, right, where the list is so extensive. How do you balance that stuff you know, with your you, client? You tell them, I can't promise you anything because what you're asking for may not be within your buying power. Um, and I have had clients who are like, I'm not picky. And then we walk into the house and they're like, oh, the trim is only three inches. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. get, you get 
people like that. And so every little thing, you're so proud because you found this house and it's amazing. And they walk in and they're going, oh, like the walls. Okay, paint them. Right. Quick fixes. Yeah. I think that's what I've learned too going in into this and, and we'll see going forward is, you know, buying the house is the first portion and you're like, all right, that's, that's, you know, I got my own spot. Right. You know, um, cause us living in the town hall, even though we own the town home and I had actually rented before then, but things you don't think about like lawn maintenance. Uh, we didn't have that at the town home, even though we owned it. Right. Um, and that's a whole nother episode in itself is say, you know, you have those homeowners or somebody that's looking to buy a house and they say, well, I like renting because I don't have to keep up with the yard or I don't have to take out the trash. But there's condos, there's townhomes, there's options out there. So right. um, we can go down that road at, at some point. But it's, you know, it, it's it's a balance for everybody to, to jump into real estate and, and figure out when you're a first time home buyer, you're going to, it's a huge learning curve for you. Yeah. Um, and part of my job also is to play a little bit of devil's advocate, you know, so we'll go see a house and they, they like it. And it checks most of their boxes, but not one. And so talking to them and saying, okay, well, we've looked at five houses and this one is the best match to everything you need. So what you want, that one additional thing may or may not cost you. Does it make it or break it? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like putting a a dollar amount on your must have. So this house is perfect, but it doesn't have a fence. Right. All right. Are you willing to just bite the bullet and put in $2,000 worth of And that's where it comes into trusting your agent too, because if you're on that fence line, they can easily, if you're a good salesperson, you could probably push you over that line, even though where you don't want to go across. And that's where you have to trust that person that you're dealing with to say, are you really just trying to sell me a house or you're really looking out for them? I would say the most people are probably looking out for your best interest, but you're going to have those folks out there. You got to kind of watch out for. And, and, you know, you, and I do, I watch out for my clients all the time, whether it comes to a house on like a double yellow line, a busy road, you know, and they love the house. And I'll say, I'm so happy for you. This house is amazing. I just want you to think about resell in the future as well. Yeah. Double yellow line. It's not impossible to sell, but it typically takes a little bit longer to sell. Um, and that's where, like I said, having somebody, I, I, integrity, I think would be one of them yeah. where you come in and you're trusting that. And that's where I s- sit with my business too, is that we sell great products or services, but there's some gray in there that people might understand. And I think folks take advantage of that for sure. Yeah. And, and you need to protect yourself, uh, protect your wallet, protect your interest and understand, you know, the projects you're going forward with, whether it's to sell a house or just stay in the house because you like it and you want to update it to yours, the contractors that you bring in, everything of that sort, you've got to be able to vet and and trust and, you know, really know, also know the products too, because if you go in thinking flooring is only going to be a thousand dollars, you're, you're in for, yeah, you're, you're in for, for a, a rude, yeah, rude awakening for sure. To switch gears just a little bit, you hear of, Interest rates, interest rates, interest rates, mm-hmm. whether it's the Fed um, lowering or raising, why are interest rates important? Why, why do people keep an eye on it? If you're a buyer or a seller, if you're in economics, you're keeping an eye on those. Why is that important? The lower the interest rate, the better buying power you have, really, is what it is. Um, you know, they say that for every point interest rate goes up, your budget goes down $10,000. Okay. So the lower, the better is, is ideal. 
Got you. Because that's spread out over typically, what's the typical mortgage? 30 years. Although average, they say people stay in homes for seven years. They stay in one home for seven years. Has that changed over time? Or is it like it's been pretty constant? I feel like that's kind of a new, because growing up, no one ever moved. You know, you were in a no. house. You Because what you said, your parents were in the same house your whole They're life. They're still in that one, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's been... I think it's more like millennial and, and okay. younger generations. They and buy a house and upgrade. And, you know. and I think we're more apt to move, right? Yeah. Versus our parents. Yeah. <laughs> our parents don't really travel. Like their their idea is travel is Myrtle Beach or, yeah, or the mountains, I mean, which is fine. Um, the younger crowds are chasing that quote unquote American dream. And so that means always keeping your eye on like that next level of house. So say I'm a first time. And not, I keep using first time because I feel like once you've done it once, you've kind of been through the gambit. But where do you start if you're currently renting and you're saying, hey, no matter what age, because I think there's a lot of people looking for a house, whether you're mm-hmm. in your mid-30s, you're on that back side of the the millennial generation, you're looking for your first house or, you know, for for whatever, multitude of reasons, What where do you start? Because I think that was my wife took over that but say yeah, a single Ashley dude it, yeah. or a single female she kind of ran with it because i was like look we got plenty of space in the townhouse you know i'll <laughs> throw my mountain bike upstairs <laughs> we'll figure out where we can put the kayaks because our, our original plan was to actually hold on to that property to try to pay it off in in five years and be really aggressive on our payments and then have that as a rental property and then move yeah um and women and shopping you know forgive my stereotypes but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true um Yes. And actually wanted that house. Yeah, like right right at Christmas, I I didn't want to look at it. I was like, no, because <laughs> we'd already dealt with a previous realtor. Yeah. We'd already looked at houses, and one we really wanted, which was going to be a lot of upkeep, didn't work out. So maybe we'll go down that road at another time. But, yeah, she she wanted that house. But say you don't have an Ashley. Right. Which you're like, I'm tired of renting, throwing my money down the drain. Right. Where do I start? Is it mortgages? Is it with an agent? A lot I of would, looking on your own. I would go to an agent to start that conversation so that they can guide you to a lender. They can guide you to home insurance. They can talk to you about inspections, appraisals. They can they can guide you through the whole process. But you're, I think, because I am an agent, and I would prefer you come to me first so we can talk about this. And I'll guide you. I'll tell you the, all the steps we need to take. Um, we'll talk about money because a lot of younger ages, oh, not agents, but ages people um a lot of times they don't have a ton of money to put down on a house so that's a conversation we loop in with the lender and talk about okay well you have a three percent a five percent ten percent twenty percent down i mean like you can you have tons of loan loan options out there that people don't know about that i didn't know exactly and you know not all mortgage lenders are created equal you have credit unions that will do 100 percent financing and you have USDA type loans that are 100% financing, but there's an income cap kind right. of thing. And, and so there's a lot of options out there. And so coming to me first, talking to me about your wants, needs, desires and a home and, and what you have, I can then guide you to the right person. Because I'm not going to typically re- recommend the same lender to every person because all my lenders that I work with, they're all different and their personalities are different. And so I like to match I always provide three names. Okay. Everyone's going to have three names. It's always a good, better, best scenario. You mean, yeah. I mean you try to have that always. Yeah. Like, hey, here are these three people in no particular order, but I recommend that you contact them and talk to them. Tell them I sent you so they know. 
and find out what kind of loan programs they have that would fit you best. Yep. And we go from there. Which is how we did for your exterior. Yeah. When you guys exactly. came, you and Ryan came to me and were like, hey. We need siding. We need siding. I yeah. said, I've got three perfect folks and they're all different. And I kind of explained what was different about it. How close was Are that, we, by the way? Oh, man. On the descriptions. Because it was, it, was it was three very different like price points and probably levels of service. Yeah. yeah. It was. And, you know, all the price points, they came in relatively close. Uh, and relatively close, I mean, between like a thousand and ten thousand dollars kind right. of thing. But you know, we had one one of the recommendations. He shows up, he takes a look around, he does his measurements, he does his numbers, and he just sits back and leans back in the chair and is like, "I don't care what you choose. This is my number, <laughs> though." And we were like, "Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Loud, loud and clear. So thanks. Yeah. So so mortgage lenders. Let's talk about inspections a little bit. Uh, and that's where you're your agent is going to come in handy, especially, uh, again, we go back to trust because I think we ended up going with our own inspector. You did. You you went for your own inspector. You had someone you knew and Bob. Uh, yeah, and it was 50-50. I think it did an okay, but, again, I think I would have probably took recommendations there, but it's hindsight. And, and I don't say that as a knock, but I think being in the house for a couple of years, I'm like, You're fine. How, how do you not? I feel like you could have seen this, but yeah, you know, is that just us? You know, after being no. in the house for two years and being nitpicky. No, I mean some some people can can some inspectors do miss things on inspections. They're not perfect, but and some things might not arise until after the inspection too that you never right. really realized. Inspections are important. I you're by no means in North Carolina are you required to have one because in the state of oh, North really? Carolina. The, it's caveat emptor, which means buyer beware. So homes are written as is in North Carolina, and so you're not required, sellers aren't required to make. Even if you're getting a loan, like yeah. a mortgage? Well, FHA, FHA is a little bit different okay. because FHA can can get a little picky. I actually had an FHA, I was on the, the listing side, and the buyer's FHA lender demanded one small fix before they would fund the loan. And they just wanted the lock on the gate for the outdoors okay. changed to the other <laughs> side because it was on the interior of the gate. Wow. They wanted it on the outside. I mean, it, it, there's some ridiculous stuff that. Because that we sold in a market where it was like super quick. And we yeah. talked about a little bit about this the other day. Is and you guys had an amazing seller. When you bought your home, your seller, he complied. He was great. Brian was, was awesome. He was awesome. And he fixed everything on that list. Yeah, and I think, too, being in the construction world, it was like, you know, we going back and forth over, like, okay, this has got to be fixed. Right. Because I didn't either have the expertise or I didn't have the time and money. I think the, the disposal was one of them that had a leak, which is no huge deal, but it's like, you know, I don't want to move into a new house. The wax ring on the toilet. Yeah, that, that, that got fixed. Um, but then one of them, which one is one of the bigger ones, was siding. I think he melted oh, the siding or something on the back. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I know a guy. Don't, yeah, don't, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh no, he was amazing, and then they were kind of moving out as we were moving in and showing us the locks and stuff. And you're yeah. not going to get that with everybody. No, you're not. I mean. It's not required. It's not. And um, and I love sellers for that, the ones that are super, that are gracious and, and will fix everything and who aren't like, no, I'm I'm, not, I'm just selling my house. You, you figure it out. They'll And they'll walk you through it because I had yeah. one seller walk my buyer through this townhome and tell her, okay, so – this light fixes kind of like what Brian did with you guys. Yep. This this light switch attaches to this outlet, mm -hmm. 
And so it's, you worry about that or you can't turn your garbage, garbage disposal on when you're running your dishwasher or, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they will catch up with you later. And Brian was good about that because I actually could reach out to him on Facebook and things like that. Yeah. And he would respond. Um, we tried to keep it to a minimum, but there was things that pop up. Yeah. And it was sentimental for them too. It was. Because that neighborhood we moved into was built, I think, in the early 2000, like 2001. Yeah. So he his had, kids had. He had all three kids in that house. Yeah. I mean, I found markings from where they marked their height Aww. on the door jam in the, in the garage. Yeah. So, but it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. And then kind of was like, okay, well, we got to carry this on. Because that was probably their dream house at one point. And yeah. their dream changed somewhere along the way 20 years later. And, you know, who knows if you guys decide to move, this house is a dream house for the next person. So, you know, I think there's a lot to be said in, in carrying that forward and just kind of making sure you take care of the home and not just let the buyer be. Speaking of, I, I, it's it kind of drives me crazy. And, and I'm not being in construction. And at one point I wanted to be a teacher, but I was like, look, I can't. Eventually, I want to have kids, but I'm not that type of person that can be around kids all day long <laughs> and then have kids. And now it's like I've done that in construction because I do like DIY projects. Right. But sometimes, so Ashley and I have a code word. It's Montana. So when we're talking, I don't know where that came from either. It's Ours like, is Pamplemousse. Pamplemousse? <laughs> <laughs> that's, hold on. What That's your code word for like when you just don't want to discuss something. You're yeah. just like, all right. Pamplemousse. Yeah, Pamplemousse. That's a, oh yeah, scream the, that in an argument. <laughs> like, moose. That's the LaCroix grapefruit flavor. Is it really? Yeah. I don't drink LaCroix. LaCroix. I, can't even, I, can, La I don't drink anything I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we have a code word. So when we, we I just can't talk construction or remodel talk. It was like Montana. She started using it too, but it's funny. But it amazes me at the amount of people that buy a home do not take care of it. I, yeah. Like whatsoever and like you realize you're you're plunking at this this day and age the minimum home price is what probably on average of 150 or is it high? i mean yeah uh, I, I would say average not average. maybe not minimum your average home price oh your average well in this area your average sale price is about 353 on the low if you're end, on the yeah. low end of that you're still at a buck 50 yeah. ish so you've got 150,000 dollars you're not taking care of your lawn. You're not taking, you know, yeah. you got overgrown trees and things like, like I'm in my neighborhood and we have an HOA and there's like, let's be real. Some people are lazy. I, you know, and that's not my fair name. enough. You said, it. yeah, I, I said, it. I mean, that's not meant to be rude either, but you know, some people just don't care. It's, getting into a house and having it, but then the maintenance and the maintaining and making sure that your lawn is okay, your roof is in good condition, your, you know, all those little things that go into a home. Some people are just like, eh, whatever. I don't and, care. And honestly, I've, I was probably that guy up until I, we'd bought our house. Yeah. Even after we bought our house, I'm like, eh. Because I think I'd spent a lot of time, because it never stops. We no. talk about this often, how it Projects never stops. Because when we're getting ready to sell our townhome, we did we redid the laundry room and we, we were doing these little small projects just to get things ready. And then we buy a new house. We're excited right. about that. And it's like, I kind of want to settle. And I talked to Ashley and I'm like, and like we should just live in the house for a year, two years, and then start projects. Like live in right. and get a feel for it. That lasted all six months before we started, but it, it never stops. And then you keep up with prices of where your house is going. Right now ours is going up. We got tons of things going on in our community that are making property values go up. Yeah. Putting in a brewery down the street. They got arts and is it arts? Yeah, it's not you arts got the Center Science. for the Arts, Center but it's like arts. a performing arts place. Yeah. Uh, Old Mac's supposed to have a restaurant attached to that. I don't know where it sits now. 
And what if there's an, I, and I have to double check this, but if a brewery moves into your area, your home value goes up, I think like 10% or 40%, something is it crazy. That much? Is it yeah, nuts? it's insane. And I could see it. Yeah. Because it's not, I mean, we got, that is the cool thing about Lake Norman and Cornelius is we've got a pretty tight knit. I mean, yeah. Cornelius is Lyric Catawba Ave. Right. But there's so much you down Catawba Ave. And then you got a couple of these side streets. But I mean, that's how we met. Cork and Cash, you got local yeah. watering hole there. You got OTPH, you got breweries D9 and Ass Clown and those folks around. They're putting an Aldi's and a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And all this is on one street. So if you guys can imagine, Catawba Ave's, what, two, three miles long? It's a little longer than that. You think so? It's about five miles. From from Davidson. So it's, it's oh, not... Oh, yeah, it's long, yeah. Yeah, okay. So three to five miles. But it's just this long stretch of signal-lighted road with restaurants. And it's kind of yep. the main part of the Cornelius because it kind of circles around the lake. But anyways, yeah. you see that property value continually kind of go, you're like, keep going. It's like yeah. Vegas, you know, <laughs> you look at it about every three to six months and you're like, okay. Yeah. And that's where we're trying to decide. Is there a point where you live in a house and it just makes more sense to sell it because of what you can make off of it and move? I think that depends on the person, but yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's be real. If I had bought a property seven years ago in Charlotte, Noda, Plaza Midwood, any of those areas, I would have made so much money if I had sold it a couple of years later, right. just because the home values went insane. It exploded. It just absolutely exploded. Right. So home values here keep creeping up. I mean, you see a little bit more of like four or five, 8% home values creeping up every year on the appreciation. And it's like, it's amazing. I mean, are homes still the number one investment? Because they used to say, you know, real estate is probably one of the the safest investments you can make, right? But then you had the bubble in 08. 08. You know, it's cyclical in that okay. you're going to have your property crash. You know, you're going to have like your market corrections, if you will, yeah. stock market crash, things of that sort. Um, so you might lose a little bit, little bit of value, but it'll come back up. Yeah. It always, it recovers. It always appreciates. It always appreciates. It's like I always, always told, like, my parents just never drove super nice cars it was always something used or used yeah. or newer but it was like because once you travel off the lot it's like one of the th- it depreciates it's yeah. gone there's not many things out there i guess like a home that you can invest in and like, yeah in, you know you know you, you've got the equity when you're paying the mortgage and and this is why i'm such a fan of owning a home versus paying rent there's some conveniences to paying rent and sometimes it works mm-hmm. best for a different person you right. know what if someone doesn't want to own a if it's a personal choice to not own a home and rent, fine, go for it. Because there are some conveniences being a tenant and not a homeowner. But you have the equity as a homeowner. You have, you sell a house and let's say you only technically put $10,000 of your own money into it and down. Right. And you sell it and you make 100000 That's a pretty cool return on investment. So <laughs> Right. Well, that's what we're seeing in ours. I mean, ours, to disclose a little bit, the previous owner had our home. He built it in like 2001. We bought it in 20, was that 2018, mm-hmm. 2017? 2018. And he made almost 100K yeah. off of it, which you think 18 year, seven, and he didn't do anything to it. That's the other thing, no. too, which is what we liked. You know, yeah. Yeah, some people it may turn off, but I mean, it was literally. He painted it, but that's yeah, it. Yeah, he painted that was It was all builder grade linoleum. They had some hardwood floors in the entryway. Um, and we'll cover that in the remodel episode. But uh, yeah, he didn't do anything to it. Yeah. Mowed the yard, I yeah. think. Uh, Put in some nice flowers. and He it just kind of got lucky, especially right there by the lake and whatnot. That's my other question is what's the next? Where is Charlotte? And Lake Norman, where is it expanding? 
you see that Denver Lincolnton area? Is that it's like that side of the lake? Yeah, it's and it's, how fast are we gonna see that man, come together? You think in five, ten, five, ten years? I mean, this is getting crowded. Mooresville, yeah. Mooresville and Cornelius and Hersville. Mooresville's insane, and and actually, Ryan and I are looking at houses over in Denver in that area just to kind of shift away from Mecklenburg because the county taxes here are so insane. They are insane. that you know moving moving over to Lincoln County or Gaston County. Those are you want to live on the lake. Yeah, our forever home will be on the lake. Yeah, we're right across from the lake. I know. Well, I, we have a seasonal view. A seasonal because of the trees. Because of the trees. Yeah. Well, that's where we're. I was like, we kind of want to move to the lake. And I think if you're in this area, it's it's got to be because you live here for a reason because the lake's there. Right. Yeah. Whether it's just you go there to, I mean, for us, it's just having beers and naps and looking at the view. Yeah. And it's nice to go on the boat every once in a while and go swimming, but honestly, you know, it's just something different. Yeah. It's a. It's a Close the beaches we're going to get, as right? As you can get, right? In the and middle of the Carolinas. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice. I mean, like the whole area, I just really like the Lake Norman area, which is funny because when I moved here, well, I'll backtrack. 2008, I was still living in Alabama and I was dating this guy and we came up here for a family event on his side. And I remember being in Burkdale and walking around because we stayed at the Marriott right down the street daydreaming about living in this area and working and just having this great life daydreaming about this right we break up and four years later or yeah four years later i'm here yeah how did you end up here the firm that i worked for moved me here okay. they wanted me to move to mobile alabama and i said no good and i don't <laughs> know anything about mobile but it's cool i mean it's cool you know you're you're I don't know anything about Alabama at all, which is probably, like I'm a geography nerd, but it's not one thing. Fun fact. I mean, it's the it's the deep south, a charming, sweet little southern area. Food is so good there. In Alabama? Yeah. Okay. Oof, it's good. But anyway, the firm wanted me to move here, and I said, okay. So you've only been here how long? North Carolina, eight years. Okay. That's about as long as what Ashley's been here. I've been here my whole life. So it's funny, <laughs> we joke about how I'm the outsider. You know, we start the, the watering hole and everybody's from <laughs> yeah, somewhere else. Yeah. Ryan's from around here, though. No. No? He's, he's from West Virginia. That's close enough. close enough. Well, they joke that, you know, Charlotte's the closest place from West Virginia that you can get on a tank of gas. <laughs> or, like, the furthest place you can go on a tank of gas. So that's why, that's how people end up here? Yeah, that's why all the West Virginians are migrating down to... That, there are a ton of West Virginians. There are. There are. Friends are quite a few. Like, West Virginia, like, University. Uh, yeah. We're so off on a tangent. <laughs> I know. But, but it's yes, all good. That's the fun of the podcast, that's right? That's right. Get to learn some real estate shit and some other random facts. Oh, wild um, and wonderful whites of West Virginia. Oh god, you gotta watch that documentary. That's a, <laughs> that's on Netflix. It is. Jessica, Jessica, Jessica. So Ryan has hung out with Jessica. Like he's met him because Ryan went to Marshall, and Jessica. Oh, so would, he's a Marshall guy. He's a Marshall. He's guy. the rival. Yeah. Okay. And so, but he would be at bars, and Jessica would be there. Shout out to Netflix. Right. <laughs> Go watch that. What is it called? The Wild and Wonder. I haven't watched it in years. The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. Mm. If you thought Tiger King was insane. That's <laughs> it's a close second. Holy it's a, shit! It's 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 neck and neck. It's just as crazy. So if you did like to talk, you're gonna love that one. Yeah. What else in in the real estate world? So it's it's going well. I mean, as an agent, you want someone that's going to communicate with you. You want someone who has a pulse on the market, who's going to know what's going on in the area. Because if you have someone that's selling, uh, real estate's hyper-local. So if you have someone that's oh. selling in Cornelius and you want them to take you to look at Matthews, they can, but a Matthews agent's going to be a better fit for you probably because they're going to know right. that area. And that's what kind of happened yeah. to us in that situation. So 
And and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just it's it's hyper local and and find someone that's an expert in that area. But you want someone that's got like if you say Julia, give me three inspectors right now. You want someone to move like oh awesome. I've got Bob Cancellary. I've got Matt Cancellary. I've got George. You know like you yeah. want people to name, and you want people to have those um, those relationships because yeah. if you're in a bind, I've had clients who needed an inspection done on Sunday. They can only do Sunday, and I call my inspectors, and they're like, you know what, I'll take care of you, no problem. So, and I mean, those are the ones you want. Yeah, that's those are the ones you want. And it's just a matter of dealing. I think that's what I'm finding out, too, is, like, my parents went, they had an HVAC guy. They had a mechanic. Yeah. And I think, and I'm not sure if it's just my perception or it's if it's truly harder to find those people this day and age that you want to deal with. As we get into these episodes, like, our remodel deal. Like, yeah. You know, you're wanting to go in for yeah. a project, and then you start seeing these flags as it gets started, and you're like, you start to look at yourself and like, where did I go wrong? Right. After a real estate agent is go find a GC. And yeah. that's what I'm looking for now. We got close to, uh, you guys have a handyman, yeah. I think, yeah. and that you guys deal with and trust. Yeah. Um, I've got to get one of those. Yeah. I'll give you his number. He's awesome. Yeah. He's super cool. Cool. But I mean, you've got to have someone that's going to be honest with you too. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have clients who qualify for this certain price range and they're going above it and that's fine. But I'm going to have that converse, that really uncomfortable conversation with you about, hey, look, I know you really love this house and this is yeah. out of top of your budget. Let's talk about quality of life once you get this house. Because your mortgage payment's going to be 2300 bucks. Yeah, they call it house poor. Yeah, right? you're house and poor. And, and you got to appreciate that conversation yeah. that somebody's having. And it's, it's not you. a fun conversation, but it's one I'm going to have with you. If, if you're saying, if you're qualified for two hundred and you're looking at a $300,000 home, we're going to have a conversation because I don't want to steer you in that wrong. Con- I don't want it. I don't want you to go down that road where a year later you call me and go, "Holy shit, what do I do? Yeah. I'm stuck." And I think that's where we got saved from that first house because that first house that we looked at, it was it had a huge property. It was almost an acre. Yeah. It was down. Um, I can't even think of what road it was down, but it was built in the 70s. It all. I mean, we were gonna have to go in and plunk in a good 50k right off the bat. And, and we wanted a little bit of fit. And I think we got the perfect kind of mix with the house we're in now because it was built in 2000. So it just needs yeah. up, it had good bones. It just needed updated from the contractor um, builder grade materials they use. But this other house, and that's where it kind of steered wrong because I was like, man, if we would have bought that house, I just don't think we were informed you in the best way possible. And we would have, I think we would have been underwater yeah. like real quick because and you, you the house know. was on the edge of our budget. And then you think about not the edge of our budget, like, but to put the initial 50K in, plus what we we're going to, it was going to be the edge of our yeah. budget. You know, where are we going to be satisfied with put? Because it needed carpet, appliances. I mean, yeah. the whole house needed to be gutted, I think. And who knows what if you would have seen when you ripped up the carpet or when you exchanged appliances? Who knows what issue would have, you know, just. And, and part of that too was the sellers were being difficult, which is a blessing in disguise. Because yeah. then that's another. You know, if you're, I think it, that one was sold, which you said some homes annoyed, but this one was definitely sold at it. Like, we're not fixing anything. Right. Is kind of how they had approached it. And we're like, well, you got a lot of stuff here that needs to be fixed. You got to be at least willing to fix some of the smaller stuff. Or come down on your price. But th- th- again, that's back to the sellers. Like, they were being difficult. And we're like, yeah. Well, See you later. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you, you got to figure out what kind of works for you and right. what doesn't. Figuring out price range, is that something, is that a conversation that you guys have or do you leave that up to the mortgage lender? Do you guys work together? I'll ask and say, what what do you think, what kind of price range are you looking at? 
sometimes people do some research and kind of think about they'll do like a mortgage calculator or one of those little quick little guesses. Do those work, by the way? The mortgage calculators, I don't think they accurately account for the HOA or the taxes or insurance and things. But it's a nice. HOAs, that's a That's another conversation. (laughs) Jeez Louise, HOAs. Yeah. That's one we're, we're dead. not sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. No, you're off, fine. Like, we're going to have, I hope we have some feedback and some calls on that one. Yeah, because I have hate strong. Mail. <laughs> well, I have strong feelings about them. I think the HOAs are good, bad, and ugly. Like, they're they need protections to be regulated. I strongly agree with that because right yeah. now I'm getting letters about, you know, we're going through remodel. I'm putting my trash cans out front. We got tons of stuff in our garage. Worry about bigger shit. Right. You know, like, you got f- fucking cars in your front yard to me. Like, yeah, that's yeah. not going to fly. But I, I don't care about somebody storing their trash cans where yeah. they're visible. Doing what you have to do. Is, so, I get it. Or the color of mulch is wrong. My sister-in-law got a, co- a letter about that. <laughs> about the color of mulch? <laughs> I would have told them to go play on 77. See, and that's where we got to bring our lawyer friends yeah. in. For, for that episode, because how short can I get of telling somebody to fuck off <laughs> before, you know, they put a, uh, a Zoline on your house? Yeah. You know, if you, we're on our third trash can notice and they're throwing some legal jargon out there and I'm like, can I still tell them to fuck off? And of course, that's like, no, don't tell them. <laughs> I wouldn't, not public anyways. <laughs> and that's another thing to take account when you're looking at real estate. What are they going to do? do you want to H- fine? Yeah. I mean, and the other thing is, I can't remember if this was our current neighborhood or previous one, but. I was talking to somebody. I was like, let them put a lien. I'm not selling my fucking house. I'm living here forever. So, I mean, because that only affects you, right, if you're trying to sell it. If they put yeah, a lien against it. Yeah, and I mean, liens are, there's a statute of limitations on liens. Now, granted, uh-huh. I'm not an attorney, but I'll say that there's a statute of limitations on liens. And depending on what state you're in, too, it changes. So, that's where we need. I, I'm, I'll look forward to that episode. So, get that lien and then just sell the house one year after the lien expires. <laughs> shifts into, like, how much power does the HOA really have? I mean, they can foreclose. Can they really? Mm-hmm. How, um, have you ever seen that happen? Yeah. Yeah, you, I've seen HOA serious? foreclosures. Yeah, it happens. So, so how does that work? They just it, kick people out of their house because they're leaving their trash cans out front? I mean, well, they, are they doing it for more major violations? Though? I, it's typically like non-payment of dues and some major violations they can foreclose. But for the most part, it's majorly, mostly lack of payment on dues. And they, they'll foreclose, but they're subject to the lenders. So the mortgage companies have senior priority. So, okay, I foreclosed on your house and Asclown's the lender. Asclown can foreclose and completely wipe out the HOA. Yeah, that gets complicated. It gets complicated, but they can, and I have seen it because there was um there was a lady in Charlotte that would buy foreclosures, uh, HOA foreclosures, uh-huh. and kick the owners out. And then she would bring back tenants. And then a month or two later, the tenants would be kicked out because the mortgage company had foreclosed. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. That's bad. Yeah, we got to dive into that yeah. one. There, there's, some, there's some crazy some shit out there. Uh, yeah, because yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I want to know what my rights are as far as the trash cans go. Well. Eventually, among other things. I mean, like, we just stained our fence two weekends ago. And yeah. technically, I was reading through our HOA documents. And if you don't read, by the way, you should read all these documents. HOA documents, warranties. Um, that's going to come into play when we're talking about this remodel stuff. Because I deal with that on my side. You know, I have people call me to have, you know, we're not perfect. We have once in a while defective claims. A lot of it's installer. So that's the thing is when you're doing floors or siding or windows, your windows are leaking. Um, your first thing to say this product's defective, but. Was it, or maybe it was the install. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the time it is. Speaking from experience and a lot of what I see, I would say 75%. So yeah. three out of four are, are install issues. Um 
And because there's shortcuts to everything, right? Whether it's yeah. putting in flooring or anything else. And actually, I think when we had our siding installed, we called you to come kind of walk our property just to make sure. And you were like, wait a minute, that looks, that's not right. Yeah. You so, need to look into that. Right. And so the point is like, read these, because our flooring, same thing with our flooring, it got put in and I didn't think it was getting put in correctly. Because my big thing was you need to level the floors. We're on a pad. Yeah. Our concrete pad had settled. And that was our big thing coming in when we pulled up the carpet and got the quote from the folks we hired to do the work were level. I mean, mm -hmm. we even had them added as a special line item. Like, if you need floor level or whatever to be determined later, but the floor's got to be level. Our floors got halfway put in and they never checked it. And I called them on it. So they had to pull up all the flooring they had put in. And it just amazed me because these guys were highly reputable. It's like, dude, how hard is it to grab yeah. a two by four? Or I went to Lowe's when all this stuff was going down. I got a cheap laser level. Mm -hmm. But back to my point is read the documents. If you are investing, I think that's one thing I've learned through some of all this is read the warranty claims, read the fine yeah. print. Because I encounter it all the time where people don't read the fine print and they're kind of stuck. That people should be aware of. I mean, there's tons of it, right? Yeah. The whole I, you know, contracts. It, it varies by state, but like I said, for North Carolina, property is sold as is. Caveat emptor. So buyer beware. Because um, like we, when we came in with you, we signed a ton of documents, but that's oh where God. we trusted you because yeah. we didn't really, I mean, we glanced yeah. well, over you signed Well, you signed a buying agreement and a listing agreement. So like we had two separate contracts okay. for me to represent you in two separate ways. Right. But then, you know. And you have the closing documents. The closing documents. I had to let you guys know that, hey, we're I'm affiliated with these businesses. By no means are you obligated to use any of them, but you need to know right. the pay or light bill. So it's just full transparency and disclosure you have to have. And fine line, I think a lot of people don't understand is sellers are well within their right in North Carolina to not repair anything. Good thing and bad thing, scary. And in this market, typically, years, a couple of years ago, Sellers were like, nope, I'm not doing shit. I'm still getting top dollar. I guess maybe it's the person too. Like, I'm trying to think of stuff. I don't know. We were in, at that point, we were in a seller's market. Not that we were being asshole-ish. No. Um, but we didn't fix a whole lot in our house. Because, like, look, it's well, kind of. Well, if I have your permission to disclose this. Yeah, go for it. The, the offer was a great offer, but it didn't appraise. And so you guys agreed on the appraised price. But you said we're not doing anything, and you didn't. Yeah, you called the right. HOA to have like the leaves pulled back from the slab. There was yeah, some, something there was, HOA. There was a couple guys, things because there was a. Um, but they wanted like the door frame fixed because there was yeah. um, some rot around the the wooden door frame, yeah. and you were like, "Oh, we're no. not doing it." Was that the highest offer that that we had took? Yeah, was, yeah, and that was. They were all over asking. They were all over yeah. asking because we wanted to pick at that point. So this is a fun backstory. Jim and Carol live next door to us. Oh, Saints. Sweet. I hadn't talked to Jim in a while. They're so, they're, sweet. so they live down in Jacksonville now. Julia sold their townhome. They live right beside of us at the time. I used to go eat breakfast with Jim like every Monday morning so we could discuss football. He was my my neighbor buddy, but they had moved up. We wanted somebody to be there for Jim and Carol. Yeah. And so that's kind of how we picked because we're like, it was a young, young professional that put in the offer. A couple, yeah. we had some investment offers, I think, or I believe were yeah. rental properties or people that were just going to flip it or do whatever they they do with it and we were like no we kind of want to know who's going in there. yeah and we felt like she should be a good fit and then jim and carol ended up moving, moving. like yeah. what was it a couple months later and they ended yeah, up yeah it was like six months later they, they moved. Yeah. great so, people i mean it was great great little townhome i think you'll find that we're gonna 
We have a ton to unpack. I think this is just the intro episode, which is what yeah. we found out today, which is what we speculated. It's like, there's no way we're going to... So it'll be broke down. So we'll have a mortgage episode. and We've we'll also have, been drinking, so... Yeah, we're, <laughs> I'm nursing this first one over here. So next episode, exteriors. We talk about you, Casey. Yeah, all my good stuff and expertise. Ex- yeah. Tune in, check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Follow Facebook. Thanks for checking us out today, guys. Peace. See ya. Peace.